Hello, it is April 2nd, and this is another episode of St. Pete's Pearls. I am your host, Stephen St. Peter, and we have another great show for you today. Our reading is going to be coming again from John C. Maxwell's The Maxwell Daily Reader. But today I'm also going to toss in a, a little passage or segment from Leo Tolstoy's A Calendar of Wisdom. A dear friend of mine gifted that book to me this past holiday season. I treasure it, read it every day, and I'm happy to share that with you today as well. At the top of the program, we're going to community engagement section. I'm going to cover some cognitive biases that we have. Um, Cognitive biases are these little tricks, heuristics, and what have you that help, that our brain does to help us navigate our, our days and our lives. And, um, Sometimes they also can create pitfalls and burden us if we're not familiar or aware of what what they are and how they function. So we'll examine a few of those today. And then we will close out on our sustainability segment where, again, I will try to persuade you to swap out your gas-powered lawnmowers but also introduce you to some community work I was doing this past year in an organization that I fully support. So uh, stick around. It's going to be a good show. Now, in preparation for this episode, actually just for my podcast in general, I was introducing my girlfriend to the to the Calendar of Wisdom by Leo Tolstoy, letting her thumb through it and asking her, you know, what she thought. And she was actually she she loved the book, right? Uh, but she was kind of adverse to some of the passages, especially the ones that reference God. You know, it seemed kind of trigger. It was more of a trigger for her than it was me. Or it is me, I guess. Uh, and she uh, is ex-Mormon, and and not recently either. It's been years now, a decade or so, uh, I think. And she wasn't. She and she's also not a local Utah Mormon. I guess that makes a difference somehow. <laughs> Community pressures or social pressures here are different. Or I I've heard right. Because I've also had, I have other comic friends that I see have recently left the Mormon church. And that's funny to watch in itself. These are, these are grown adults, 20 to 40 year olds, right? <laughs> recently leaving the church and then just kind of uh, newly processing that. <laughs> Having a stand-up comic open mic stage uh, where you can watch them try to process that is uh, where the comedy lies, people. Um, so when this COVID-19's all over and you can come on out, uh, find one of the local stand-up comedy uh, open mics there. We have, them, we have them up, or we were holding them on Thursdays at the Comedy Loft over there on Washington, uh, Washington and 40th. And they also do them at the Funkin' Dive on Monday nights. Check those out when you get a chance. Anyways, <laughs> so uh, my girlfriend's adverse to uh, passages that reference God, and I get it, right? I was, I'm was i an ex-Catholic myself. I renounced that when I was a child, though, before they really got me, before, they, before the confirmation. It's one of their sacraments. I left it at about 11, 11 years old. You know? But I've also left... Uh, I'm also an ex-Christian, like a Protestant. 
I did a brief stint in that while I was in the military. <laughs> Just because they had funner sermons. Like if you were Catholic and you were in basic training, you went to a Catholic mass, and basic training is already depressing enough. So the other option is if you go to the Protestant and Christian, I guess, religions, and I that time I didn't care. I was just raised Catholic, and I had already given that up, and it was just a matter of what was on your dog tag and what room you could go into. And they played the guitar and real kind of jazzy music. <laughs> uh, it was a little more upbeat and happy-go-lucky and those sermons or whatever the Christians call them. So I did that, and I'm an ex-one of those. I'm an ex-atheist. I don't know what the heck I am, and it doesn't really matter. The only thing that I do keep current is my striving for my goodwill. I don't know. That's what this podcast is about. It's every time I walk out of my house, I try to keep that. Uh, my coworkers, friends, family, that's all you can do. Anyway, she left the Mormon church years ago. I see a lot of comics recently left and have to process that. And I left at 11. It was over a chicken pot pie. I'm not going to get into that story now. If you ever see me on the street and want to know that story, go ahead and ask me. Um, but I just bring that up because I was I was 11. And since then, I've had a lot of time to process that separation. So when I hear, you know, God, heaven, hell, sin, sacraments, whatever, it doesn't uh, trigger any kind of real emotional response in me. I don't get that fight or flight or uh, immediate rejection. I'm not triggering any of those cognitive biases. And this is kind of another reason why I like, you know, we exa we were talking about the the Buddhist philosophy is I've seen that, it'll say, take what's helpful of this, what you're reading, leave the rest, right? So there are a whole lot of good messages uh, surrounding God or Allah or whatever our trigger words that might prevent us from reading or uh, taking something away from that message. Another good example, I guess, I, I, I was watching... Um, the Wu-Tang series on Hulu recently and towards the end they get into this teachings. It ends up being like the Muslim teachings in one of their books and I, I looked it up briefly and it really does do a good job at laying out some good morals, right? And they all praise to a lot of stuff in there that I can leave out, right? But there's a lot in there that you can take that's useful in, in your everyday and there are ideas that I do see reflected in uh, you know, Christian scriptures and other philosophies, right? These are never, it's never new ideas, right? Anything that I share on the podcast is just repackaged, me putting together others' ideas. And that's why I enjoy sharing a daily reading with you guys. Now, moving on. Yeah, that was a good story to open up with because... I don't know, some people do get uncomfortable when you talk about God, faith, any kind of particular religion, unless it's, of course, their own religion. People are very comfortable um, with talking about what they like, what's reinforced already in their life. Um, but today's reading from the John C. Maxwell Daily Reader is Faith in Others. 
people's instincts are pretty good at knowing when others have faith in them. They can sense if your belief is genuine or phony. And truly having faith in someone can change their life. In his book, Move Ahead with Possibility Thinking, my friend Robert Schuler, pastor of the Crystal Cathedral in Garden Grove, California, tells a wonderful story about an incident that changed his life as a boy. It occurred when his uncle had faith in him and showed it in his words and actions. And the story goes, His car drove past the unpainted barn and stopped in a cloud of summer dust at our front gate. I ran barefooted across the splintery porch and saw my Uncle Henry bound out of the car. He was tall, very handsome, and terribly alive with energy. After many years overseas and a missionary in China, or as a missionary in China, he was visiting our Iowa farm. He ran up to the old gate and put both his big hands on my four-year-old shoulders. He smiled widely, ruffled my uncombed hair, and said, Well, I guess you're Robert. I think you're going to be a preacher someday. That night, I prayed secretly, and dear God, make me a preacher when I grow up. I believe that God made me a possibility thinker then and there. As you work to become a person of influence, always remember that your goal is not to get people to think more highly of you. It's to get them to think more highly of themselves. Have faith in them, and they will begin to do exactly that. And he, he took that from his book, Becoming a Person of Influence. And again, his adage that follows this, or his little mantra, however you want to look at it, is help someone who doubts to have faith in himself today. Find that someone to help. And it's going to be hard if we're social distancing. <laughs> Find a way to reach out. Find that someone. Get others to think highly of themselves. I have been so blessed, dare I say it, so blessed to have a lot of people uh, displaying this quality in my life. Christina Miller, who gave me uh, that Leo Tolstoy book that we're going to be talking about next. Um, a good friend of mine, Derek, Matt Say over it, uh, who runs the workshops up at the Improv uh, Comedy Loft. Uh, everybody at the Comedy Loft, they all display this quality. When I get out into the Ogden community, and um, especially in the creative community, or just the people involved, uh, I do. I see this kind of, this. I do see this quality display. People are good at talking each other up out here. And, uh, and I think that's why I love this place so much and what makes, what makes, some, what makes it very special. And if... And you know, and I say I've been blessed. I've have these people around me. If uh, if you think you don't, I bet you do, right? If you have to look somewhere, you don't see it in your social circle. Uh, look to your family, and I mean the people in your family you get along with and actually like. You know, they're probably good at reinforcing those qualities. 
you know, barring you don't have some kind of mummy dearest or a paternal dilemma in your home. And then in that case, find a cousin or aunt who loves uh, the crap out of you. So, and then uh, from the Leo Tolstoy, but I'm not going to read everything on this page. What I there were just a couple of things that I like. Uh, one came, um, he took this from Marcus Aurelius. All right, so he's borrowing this. Uh, this is how ideas get shared. So when you carry a burden, uh, you should know that it is good for you to have it. Right? Make the best of this burden, and take from it everything which is necessary for your intellectual life as your stomach takes the food from everything necessary for your flesh or as the fire burns brighter after you put some wood on it. Yesterday we touched on having that baggage, carrying that baggage around, worrying about the past or anxiety about the future and putting that burden on ourselves. You know, some people, when they start looking into uh, Buddhism or some of these Eastern philosophies, they think it's all about disconnecting from everything. And I don't take that away from it, right? There might be some things that kind of have been written that way. But again, I just leave that because that doesn't do me any good. You can have these emotional experiences in life, right? But they don't have to be that baggage. What do I hold about them that is good? What is that learning experience? Right? If nothing else, a lesson learned of <laughs> what not to do, or at least of what I don't like, if you feel like had it been done unto you. right? And then also touching on a theme that we covered yesterday in Right Concentration, Confucius leaves us with, uh, and this is also from the Tolstoy, be attentive to what you do. Never consider anything unworthy of your attention. Again, be attentive to what you do. Never consider anything unworthy of your attention. Kind of like maybe some good summary of right concentration. Uh, To whatever good aim that suits you. And that was your reading for today. And that brings us to the top of our program, our community engagement section. Today I'm going to, I guess, a little educational piece. I'm going to share with you, like I said, some cognitive biases. So my undergraduate degree was in communications over in uh, Hawaii Pacific University. Uh, School on right in Honolulu. My classes were integrated right into downtown business district of Honolulu. It was quite interesting. I, lo- I loved it over there. Um, beautiful. And doing communications degree, it was just a general communications. I didn't have a very, I didn't have a focus. I just wanted to get through it. The government was paying for my degree. So um, the sooner I got through, the more schooling I could get paid for after. So I didn't focus. But what Classes I really gravitated towards were, I guess, the communication theory, uh, rhetoric, debate, and persuasion kind of were some of my favorite classes. And one thing that really stuck out and I loved were the the cognitive biases. I actually have a cognitive biasy codex framed and hanging up on one of my walls in my house. And sometimes I just stare at that and try to make trying to make sense of it and that's what I want to I want to share with you a few of those so 
like I said, one of them you might be familiar with. And this kind of ties into what we were saying yesterday with right concentration. If you're still kind of thinking of thinking of what is right concentration, in the Buddha sense, it's, you know, or the Buddhists sense, it is like kind of the practice of getting your mind right, <laughs> is what they say. Yeah, it's trying to get your mind right and understand what that is, but. I don't know, it's good to say, just sit there and think and let thoughts come and go, but I'm a kind of guy, I want to know why they're coming and going. Why might that be uh, coming across me and getting familiar with some of these cognitive biases kind of helps shed light on those instances and makes them easier and less scary to deal with, right? I've heard in circles that uh, people, when they meditate, they actually get frightful for some of the feelings that come with, um, you know, exploring our uh, own imagination, I guess, if you will, our own mind. So I think, yeah, so I think knowing where some of these might be generated from might help in your practice of right concentration. Anyways, so first we have the confirmation bias. This is familiar to a lot of people. This is where we search for and favor information uh, that confirms our already pre-existing beliefs. Right? Uh, a lot of marketing is actually, you know, draws on on this. Uh, these media organizations or whoever, right, looking to create a message, no these cognitive biases exist and this is what analytical firms and PR firms and advertising firms are are studying and um, looking to, to manipulate so it's good to, to be aware of these so. another one that's closely related to confirmation bias I think is mere exposure effect now this is some kind of like psychological phenomena where where people develop a preference just for things that they are familiar with. And they've done, I've, you could probably see these, it's probably Brain Games, I'm sure, has an episode on this. If, if we look at the history of evolution, um, this could have easily been developed from like that basic fight or flight response development. You know, as, as we humans um, were evolving and we would develop a preference for something that we've seen that didn't kill us the, the instance before. And the more times that we have uh, an experience with a thing and we don't die from it, we'll feel more safe around it, if nothing else. All right, and then another one, um, our blind spot, the blind spot bias. This is at the basic root of it is that we trust ourselves more than we trust others. And this is how we feel um, our information is more reliable than anybody else's, right? And probably why we can see others at fault more easily. It's quick to point the blame at people because it is blind spot bias. It's easier to say um, what's wrong about another than it is um, to admit that it is fault of our own or or the same thing might be wrong with us and another so a close one related to to the blind spot bias is this introspection illusion and this is where you know we feel like we know the origin of our thoughts better than other people know the origin of 
their own thoughts. We tr- Again, we trust ourselves more than we trust others. Rightfully so, because if we were developing in the flight or fight, yeah, our fight or flight development evolutionary phase, there were a lot of instances where we had, you know, we were looking out for numero uno. Uh, and it got even more complex when social structures started developing. But those were just a couple cognitive biases I wanted to share with you. I, um, if you weren't familiar, I'm glad I was able to Share some new information. If you are, I'm glad to give you a reinforcement. Right, uh, we'll be touching on these over the course of our podcast. It was, like I said, it was my undergraduate studies, and I still keep up uh, to date in reading. And I like to uh, to share the things I have around my house. That's part of this community engagement segment. Is for me to be able to share uh, my artifacts and ideas with the the community around me and the community who tunes in to a podcast. And like I say, always the best for last, right? This is your environmental sustainability segment. And yesterday we touched on, uh, what do we we discuss? Swap out your lawn equipment. If you're still running gas-powered lawn equipment, find a way uh, to swap it out for new battery-powered lawn care equipment. They had, at the Weber State University, they had a kind of mower swap-out program. I don't know if it was free one-for-one or severely discounted. If it's in your budget, please uh, do it as spring season ramps up, grass and bushes start growing. We want to take care of our yards. We're stuck at home. We want something pretty to look at. Please swap out your lawn equipment this season if possible. And also last year, I don't know if I mentioned this at all, but I I, I hosted a 10-step a resiliency program. And this was geared towards environmental activists or anybody concerned with um, you know climate change and the anxiety and grief it can cause. This program was put together by a very good friend of mine I met when I moved back to Utah for uh, grad school, uh, Laura Schmidt. And she developed a 10-step resiliency program to combat those anxieties, to give us like kind of a toolkit. And we hosted a iteration of that up in Ogden. They had a few going in Salt Lake. She has since moved out of state. She kind of runs them virtually from where she's at. Check out goodgriefnetwork.mn.co, um, I think. Um, or follow it or look for it on Facebook. I know she's on social media. So Facebook, uh, goodgriefnetwork.org on, on Facebook and wherever it is on Twitter and the other socials, whatever it is. So. Um, but the first three steps of this 10-step program, and they are going to sound a lot like maybe some other programs you've heard. And it is with purpose they are. So the first step is accept the problem and its severity. Uh, when thinking about climate change and systemic problems that uh, face our social structures and uh, ecological um, structures and balance, 
that gets heavy, right? I like talking about our 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 lawnmowers, right? Um, so the first three steps: accept the problem in its severity. Step two is acknowledge that I am part of the problem as well as the solution. And step three is practice sitting with uncertainty. Right now, we could look at this through the lens of climate change and anxiety and global structures. And, uh, but I like lawnmowers, right? Because uh, if we look at this lawnmower exchange thing through just these first three steps, uh, we can see how we can act, make those little steps, those little changes in our life, that, right? That lead to those big global changes when enough of us do it on a consistent. Right? If we just accept that there is a problem with CO2 levels and air pollution, uh, you know, ground and water pollution. And if we accept that, all of us, you know, going about our daily lives contribute to that, right? Some more than others. And I don't like, you know, like we just discussed, try not to point fault. It's easier to point to my neighbor and say what they're doing. Right? We saw those cognitive biases, those blind spots that make that much easier to do. But f whatever, right? that's not useful. You know, like the religious doctrine that says you have to do prescription A through Z or you'll never, ever, right? No, Dad, just give me, give, me, give me what's useful from it. So what's useful for this? Except that I can do something, right? Except or ex except that you know me if I still have a gas-powered lawnmower, it pollutes maybe up to 150 percent more than uh, my four-cylinder car in the driveway, my late-model car, as we discussed yesterday, right? And a lot of people doing that, you know, the severity gets worse. It's bad. Okay, acknowledge that I am part of the problem. Yeah, I have one, but like, it's, I'm also part of the solution because I can find a community uh, swap exchange or I can save up the money or I can sell uh, a few things around the house and maybe go buy an electric set or I maybe xeriscape my lawn, ditch the lawn equipment altogether. Who knows? Uh, you, you can find other ways to, to get towards that solution or at least find a way where you can implement it in your own life. And that's all we can do, right, is what we can do. Theodore Roosevelt said it best when he said, do what you can with what you have where you are, which isn't a new idea that he came up with either. But it's a great uh, little uh, mantra to carry with you. And I... I use that when I put this resiliency program together for Ogden. I use that quote in all of my outreach because it sums up uh, a good reference point, right? When you need to reframe something, look at that, you know. I can only do with <laughs> what I can do with what I have where I'm at. So I'm not stopping COVID-19. I'm not stopping climate change from sitting on a microphone in my, you know, living room. And that leads us to step three, which is practice sitting with uncertainty. It's got to be okay that I can't. It has got to be okay that I can't change um, anybody's mind who's, you know, like already on the TV, right? That's who I'm getting angry with all the time. 
is the TV showing me these things that kind of upset me, get me anxious. It throws baggage. It burdens my, uh, it burdens my load. And it burdens me for the day, and that gets uneasy. But we have to understand that, like, it, it's all right. We all feel those anxieties, those pressures, and we want to see things a little different. Uh, but we can only do the things that we can do uh, where we're at with what we got. And if that means that you have an old lawnmower that is gas-powered in your possession, you know, if it is in your means, uh, you can switch that out this season and get yourself an electric set. So and that was our show for today, Thursday, April Second, I hope I'm wearing you down. Or wearing you guys down already. If you have a gas-powered lawn equipment in your garage shed or wherever you may keep it, swap it out this year. If it is in your means, don't point at your neighbor because they have one or they have a bigger one. That's your blind spot in action. <laughs> Remember that from our cognitive biases, and don't shy away from. Uh, good messages in any form, from any source or, or religion, right? Try to reinforce the positive. That's where I want to get to when, I, when we start exploring these cognitive biases and or write these daily readings, leadership readings, and whatever, wherever they're coming from, philosophies. Uh, you know, take, take the good lessons. Reflect that. Reinforce those positive uh, moments. You know, uh, like I said... Uh, Christina Miller, she gifted me a the Leo Tolstoy book. She reinforced a positive uh, quality in me, right? She knows that I like the daily reader thing, or she knew that I like poetry, and I show up, and I, I have these things I do each day, and she reinforced one of those positive things because she also meets me at the bar a lot. She knows I like to drink, and she knows I have a taste for... Uh, you know, certain whiskeys or what have you, and she could have got me a, a bottle of, of nice whiskey or wine that I would have enjoyed. And it would have been a great, lovely, nice gesture, um, a gift that I would have liked. But um, she reinforced a, a positive um, behavior. And it is being reinforced again because I'm sharing with you. So. Uh, that was our episode today, April 2nd, Thursday. I hope you enjoyed it, and I look forward to meeting up with you all again uh, tomorrow, Friday, I think. I'm going to take the weekend off and collect myself and maybe uh, put together some episodes we can release a little sooner in the day for you so you don't have to catch up with uh, April 2nd on April 3rd morning. Anyways, you guys have a good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, and until we meet again.